Hi, I'm Jackie Tantillo, and this is Should Have Listened to My Mother. Lean to the Left podcast founder, host, and editor Bob Gaddy is my guest this week. Bob refers to himself as just a retired former journalist, freelance writer, and communications guy. However, Mr. Gaddy started blogging about politics in 2017, and now thousands of blogs later, he has followers all over the world. He cut his journalistic legs while working with the Pittsburgh Courier, an African-American weekly. In time, he worked at a number of Pennsylvania papers, eventually leading him to be named Bureau Chief at the State Capitol Bureau in Trenton, New Jersey. In time, Bob spent years working in politics in Washington, including becoming Chief of Staff for Rep. James J. Florio, who later became Democratic Governor of New Jersey. He retired in 2016 after running a successful political media consulting business, GNET Strategic Communications in the D.C. area. With all of that wonderful historical experience that he's had, he's here with us today to talk about his mother. (laughs) Hi, Bob. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, Jackie. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I was great having you on my on my podcast. I really enjoyed that. And uh, thank you so much for inviting me to to come back with you. Yeah, we got a a kind of a sneak peek of both of our (laughs) past lives. It's kind of fun. And I guess that will be out in your Mother's Day on Lean to the Left podcast that you'll be able to see the video, right? That's correct. Both audio and video. And uh, it'll be just before uh, Mother's Day that I'm planning to stream it. We're here today now to flip the the direction of the interview. (laughs) I'm going to interrogate you about your mother. Oh, God. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to be able to tell you. Well, how about if we start off with how you would refer to her or what her first name is? Well, her first name is Audrey. Of course, I call her, I've always called her mom. Actually, her name was Audrey Jean. She wasn't quite sure if it was Jean or Jane. (laughs) <laughs> so so, so I never really knew if it was Audrey Jane or Audrey Jane. My grandparents were both German, and I think my grandmother may have had a little bit of, uh, I don't know, Norwegian or something from that area, but uh, basically they were German. This was your maternal grandparents. My maternal grand- grandparents, yeah. And, and actually her dad, my grandfather, was my my hero growing up. I tried to pattern myself after him. Uh, he was a very uh, low-key guy. He was uh, he was a blue-collar worker. He was a tool and die maker at a steel company in Pennsylvania, uh, Butler, Pennsylvania. Uh, and um, he was uh, he was the dearest man. He took me. He taught me how to play horseshoes. He taught me how to fish. He taught me how to hunt. I never liked hunting, but I went with him. I learned a lot from uh, from my from my mom's dad. And how similar were your mother and her father? Your well, you know, they were similar in a lot of ways. I mean, he was a very kind guy, as I said, kind of low key. My mom was as well. Uh, she, although. <laughs> now that you think about it <laughs> in in time you know when, when when we kids were born and she was um my father was uh, a minister a protestant minister 
uh, who later became an army chaplain. And so we had a lot of different home scenarios, I guess I could say. After he graduated from college, which followed World War II, where he served in the Army as a flight mechanic on bombers during World War II over Japan, he came home and decided that uh, not only would he convert from Catholicism to being a Protestant, but that he would become a Protestant minister. Right. So this is your father we're talking about. This is my dad. Yeah. So he he had to go to college to get his degree and then to seminary. And during that period had churches that he was responsible for in uh, in little communities. Uh, one and two of them were in uh, New York State. Two of them were in Illinois. And then we moved back to Pennsylvania. No, we moved back to New York again. All the time he had these churches. And and that meant that my mom had a lot of responsibility um, outside of the home. I mean, she had to take care of us kids. By the time it was all said and done, where I, you know, I'm the oldest, but I have a brother and two sisters, younger sisters, and both of whom were very, very close to my mother. So she had responsibility for the family, but she also had responsibility as a preacher's wife, which meant that she had to help make sure that all the social activities of the church went off without a hitch. Uh, she played the piano for the services. She supported my dad and whatever he was working on for the for the church. Um, when we moved to Illinois, we moved to his church that he got was out in the western northwestern part of Illinois. But we lived we lived in the middle of cornfields with a bunch of pig farmers. Those were the people that attended the church that he that he had. So my mom was responsible for making certain that all of the social activities of those well, and there were two churches on what they call the charge. So you had you had church all twenty four seven almost. I had it twenty four seven, and it it was. Uh, well, let's just say that I don't do that anymore. I want to go back a little bit because your parents started to date before your dad went to the war or when he was done with fighting? Before, because uh, I was born during World War II. I was I was born in 1943. Uh, they were high school uh, sweethearts. Okay, so did your mom see this coming? Do you, did she still really want to marry him once she realized he wanted to be a minister? I mean, that's I a lot for anyone. I, to... <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you uh, that. I was very young, but I, I can just tell you what the upshot was, and that was that she embraced what he did. She was a very, very strong religious person. I think she had a lot to do with his conversion from Catholicism to becoming a Protestant minister. So she was Protestant, um, your mom. She was, and she was, um, her her parents were, were very conservative, I would say evangelical-type Protestants. Um, and so my mom was, too. Uh, so she was on and, board with all of that. She was on board with all of that. Oh, that's great. That. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and when you say she was strong, did she uh, and your dad was traveling? I'm sorry, you have a brother and two sisters or a brother and one sister? No, brother and two sisters, right. So mm-hmm. she was m- maintaining the house, the, the meals. Did she ever have another job outside of all this church work that she did? No, she didn't. She didn't. There was enough of, uh, she had enough to do taking care of of, of our family and and uh, managing the house and then doing the, the work that she needed to do to help my dad with the with the churches. And we moved from Illinois to uh, Jamestown, New York, for his last hosting, I guess you could say, as a as a civilian minister. Uh, by that time, I was uh, probably 12, 13 years old. And he had, again, he had two churches there. And he decided during that period to join, rejoin the army as a chaplain. He did that. He went in as a uh, lieutenant and uh, was posted at Fort Dix, New Jersey. So there I was going back to New Jersey again. That was my first experience with New Jersey because uh, I was a kid and I went to a high school, what's called on the economy. It was a civilian high school. And then we were sent to France. And so she, my mom, uh, had to handle uh, all of the arrangements that were involved in making that move. And then when we got there, she had to function as a army officer's wife, which was a totally different experience for her uh, as as before, because the army has a culture that's, you know, decidedly its own, and she had to deal with that. How old was she at this point? At that point, when we went when we went to France, she would have been well. That was in that was in the late fifties. Uh, so she would have been thirty something, I guess. And did she embrace it? Was she looking forward to going overseas? Was this her first trip abroad? It was, but she was afraid. My mom was, despite everything that I've told you, my mom was a shy, timid woman. She did not have a lot of self-confidence. My father was a had a very strong personality, and and I hate to say it, but was domineering uh, and scared her. And um, the moving to uh, France was hard for her. And but she but she did she did fine. She certainly kept my brother Dave and I out of too much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? Well, I graduated from I graduated from high school in France during this posting. And how many years were you there? We were there for about three years. Wow, that's a great experience. Or yeah, in my mind, yeah, that's a great experience. Yeah, I, it was. I was there for my junior and senior year in high school, and then a little bit after I graduated, and then I went back. Well, my dad was transferred back to the states, back to Pennsylvania. Did you ever have personal conversations when maybe you were older with your mom about how your dad treated her? Oh, yes, many times. They ended up divorcing and both remarried. Uh, My mom ended up marrying another domineering man. He was totally different. He was a, uh, he was kind of like my mom's dad. He worked at a steel mill. He was a uh, safety official at the steel mill in Pittsburgh. She was repeating 
What yeah, generationally? Re- what exactly? Exactly. She was repeating. She she went from one domineering guy to another. This guy was so domineering that they had a working fireplace, a wood burning fireplace in this house that was probably twenty or thirty years old that had never been lit because he didn't want it to be dirty. And immediately after his death, the first thing my mom did was build a fire. I was going to say, light the house on fire. <laughs> well, she built a fire in the fireplace. Oh, and got, good for and, her. Good got for a, her. Got, Audrey. Got a good and Got him. <laughs> it was like, mm, she would never say the F word, but... <laughs> You mentioned your grandfather was wonderful with you, but it was yeah. must have been the way he treated his wife as well. Your grandmother, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. so was your did your mother ever have an opportunity to be free and to be happy before she got married? Did she go to school? Did she? What she, did she do she, after high school? Do you know? She did not go to college. She immediately was shortly after she graduated from high school that she uh, got married, and then my dad went in the service and was sent to uh, Okinawa. But during his time in the Army, coming back on leave, there was time for me to be conceived and then for my brother to be conceived. He was born in 1945. And um, then um, later, during the period after he became a minister, my two sisters were born. Did she want a family, or was that something she did for your dad? No, she wanted a family. She she was a great mom. She loved she loved raising kids. She loved doing all of the things that moms do. She was an excellent cook. My father was Italian, and she was not. Uh, but she quickly learned um, how to make Italian food. She made great sauce spaghetti sauce. Mm, uh, yum. And, uh, but she also <laughs> had the same cooking characteristics of her mom. Now, her mom being German and uh, Eastern European, I guess you could say, meat and potatoes were the uh, standard fare <laughs> for many of her meals. As for millions, that hearty meal. Yeah, as opposed to pasta and spaghetti and all of that right. that my dad she must have been pretty convincing to have your dad, a Italian Catholic, convert to become a Protestant minister. <laughs> she must have had a lot of magic. She did, but I don't know that he did that for her or because of her. I think she influenced, she has to have, must have influenced it, uh, that decision. He ended up retiring from the army as a full colonel, but he was in Vietnam for two years, I think. And uh, that was extremely hard on my mom. They had a strained relationship by that time anyway. Uh, so it was it was a difficult period. I bet. That's a lot mm-hmm. for anyone with four children to be left behind. I know you do have some fun stories <laughs> to tell. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, my brother and I were not exactly model kids uh-huh. when it came to being preacher's kids. You know, preacher's kids are supposed to be... Perfect. Perfect, yeah. But my mom made us wear these white suits to church, um, especially when there was an evangelist that came. And my dad would have these these preachers, these crazy nutcase... Oh, I shouldn't say that, because we probably 
the, these real conservative uh, 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 hell's fire and damnation type preachers, he would have them come like annually as a special treat for the congregation. And they'd come uh, and preach every night during the week for a solid week. And my brother and I would have to go to every single one of these services and sit in the front row. And and we would have to um, we would <laughs> we would have to, you know, set an example. Uh, when they called for people to be saved, to come forward, and I don't know if you're Protestant and you know what this is all about. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, well, when they would call <laughs> people to come forward, my brother and I always used to have to go up and pretend we were being saved for the first time. And, and uh, so we were we were not happy campers. We had to go to these things. One time we just got so ticked off that we we snuck a... We each, we had a, a whistle, you know, like the f- football coaches use to. <laughs> <laughs> and when we thought that the preacher had said all he needed to say, we blew our whistle, both of us. <laughs> well, in the front need- row, in your white suits as well. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And needless to say that didn't go over well with my dad who was thoroughly embarrassed and and when we got home uh took his anger out on us um using his army belt oh that's terrible i'm sorry yeah but before we go i want to what how did your mom respond in that situation because she was sitting with you oh no she was playing the piano she was playing the piano. She was so you were on your own in that front row. Uh, we were. Uh, oh. Yeah, she was sitting at the piano. Uh, she was embarrassed. She was upset with us. Um, Bobby, Dave, David, why did you do that? That's embarrassing. Don't you know? Don't you know what that does for your father? Um, how embarrassing that is, uh, uh, and on and on. And you know, we felt badly we knew we shouldn't have done it but uh, uh but it was my dad who uh uh yeah let us really know what he thought hmm. whose idea hmm. was it to bring the whistle um probably probably mine <laughs> i was the oldest one and then that one final story from illinois about the two of us in our bb guns we decided that um well there was you know what a silo is yes okay so there was there was this silo that had been blown away by this tornado. And so there was something but this big hole in the ground, the silo pit, where the silo used to be. Well, we were over by that silo pit one day, my brother and I, with our we had our BB guns because we'd been out shooting birds. And and <laughs> there was a skunk. There was there was a skunk inside this uh silo pit. And David said, you know, we need to get that skunk out of there. How can we get that skunk out of there? I said, I don't know. Why don't we put a, um, make a ramp and see if we can get him to come up the ramp. So we got this big board and we put it down at an angle. And and we started yelling at the skunk, come on, come on, come on. Well, the skunk didn't move. So we got our BB guns and started shooting the skunk in the butt, mm-hmm. trying to get it to, you know, go up the the board. Well, all we accomplished was getting sprayed by the skunk. (laughs) (laughs) 
So my mom, my poor mother, had to deal with all those clothes that were just totally ruined from this this skunk spray. So she, she decided, even though we were poor as church mice, that there was no getting that skunk smell out of those clothes. So she... Burned took them. him in. The, she took him in the backyard. Put him in the burn barrel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she probably wished she could put you two in there as well. <laughs> yeah, she probably did. <laughs> did you ever laugh with her about this stuff when you were older? Oh <laughs> yeah, older when, when she was yeah much older and mm. and uh, after when when she was in her later years when she was uh, just before she went into the nursing home uh, she had to go to a assisted living facility finally or her husband john had had died she was alone she was having copd issues couldn't really function on her own so we had to put her in a in an assisted living place and it was during that period while she was there and i was visiting her weekly and sometimes more frequently even than that i was um, i would drive from maryland to, to pennsylvania to to be with her and so we talked and reminisced about all these these kinds of things <laughs> and she laughed and she was she thought by that time she thought it was pretty funny <laughs> yeah it's easier to laugh later on sometimes <laughs> yeah 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 really but in the moment so tell me what's a gift or gifts that your mom gave you well my mom was a pretty creative person and i think that I picked up some of that from her. That's why I became a writer. She was um, a very kind person. I try to, in my daily life, I try to emulate her. She got that from my grandfather, her dad. She was a wonderful cook. She taught me how to make a lot of dishes. And I I love to cook today. I do most of the cooking here now. I really don't know. I mean, she left with me a determination uh, that nothing would stop me from doing what I wanted to accomplish, even if uh, maybe I didn't have the tools to do so. For example, uh, I never finished college. I never got a degree from college, but yet I decided that I was going to become a journalist. And uh, I did so and was pretty successful in my professional career, despite the fact that I did not have a degree. And she didn't either. And she taught me that if I, she burned it into my soul, that if I wanted to accomplish anything in life, I couldn't quit. I had to go after it. And despite the odds, uh, find a way to succeed. And that's what I always tried to do. Well, that's a pretty wonderful list to have, right? Yeah, I think so. Thank you, Audrey. So in our last remaining minutes, we would like to mention again, your podcast, your blog site, it's Lean to the Left. Yeah, you know, um, uh, I moved to South Carolina in uh, 2016, and I decided at that time that I needed to continue to write even though I was retired. And at that time, Donald Trump was president or had just become president, and uh, he upset me no end with the way he talked about the the, uh, news media. So I decided to to call my blog site not fake news and i worked on it for a number of years and and between myself and several contributors uh between us we've published uh i don't know 1500 
blogs. And then um, three years ago, I decided that the blog site needed to be turned into a podcast, and which later became the Lean to the Left podcast. I expanded that to interviewing guests. I like to focus on guests that can talk about social issues that I care about, equality, the environment, women's rights, racism, and education. So I've I've been lucky to find wonderful guests. I've had, uh, I'm closing in on 500 episodes now on the Lean to the Left podcast, and I've just expanded my YouTube uh, subscription base to almost, well, just over 5,000 today. That's that's growing. I'm working really hard on that. Jackie, I was so thrilled to have you on to talk about what you're up to. I would encourage anyone who's listening to this show to take a listen to that. Just go to uh, podcast.leantotheleft.net. You can find that podcast uh, with Jackie. Thank you, Bob Gatti. Last name is spelled G-A-T-T as in Tom. Why, Bob Gatti? Thank you so much for joining me on Should Have Listened to My Mother. Well, you know what? That's a great title. Uh, and when I saw it, I I, I said to myself, I gotta have I gotta have her on. I mean, <laughs> what the hell is this about? <laughs> and then I got to thinking, Mother's Day's coming up, so that'd be a great show to play around Mother's Day. So I was happy that we were able to do the interview, schedule it, get it done, and, and it'll be streaming then. It was really great to speak with you, you asking me questions. And I want to thank you for sharing your stories of your mom, for Audrey, because I know we're really only scratching the surface, and I get a sense that it was really challenging for her and your father and him being away, and yet the peer pressure to be this perfect mom and perfect family as the minister's wife. I admire her tenacity and her passion and her love for you and your siblings, because as you mentioned, she really, really wanted to be a mom. So thank you for sharing your story. And we will be back next week with another episode of Should Have Listened to My Mother. 